Damn, son, where'd you find this? You are now tuning into Bros Let's Talk. Welcome in to another episode of Bros Let's Talk, the podcast where guys come to be dudes. I'm Pat, here with Jimmy and Andy. What's up, guys? Hello, friends. Hey, up. It's uh, Sunday, February 11th. We are one week removed from a pretty awesome Super Bowl, but also a sad reminder that there won't be any more football talk for quite some time on this podcast, but we'll go on. We'll figure Sad out a way. too, that we also did not win six grand. Whew. And were we yeah. damn close? We were damn close. 50-some seconds away from winning. 15 to 12 with a minute and change left on the damn clock. Damn you, Philly special. Damn you, Philly special indeed. But the Eagles end up winning the Super Bowl last week in an all-time Super Bowl with no defense played. The only sack of the game was ultimately the difference maker. The sack hurts. And the sack hurts. And the Eagles win their first Super Bowl in franchise history. So that was exciting. But we're moving on from football. So I figure let's jump in, shoot the shit, dudes, and we'll we'll try and figure this out together. All right. To help the cause, the NBA, NBA trade deadline was insane this year in ways that we haven't seen it in quite some time, where literally everything happened on deadline day. It wasn't like there were deals leading into it. Deadline day came along. The Cavs blew up their entire roster, basically. They traded Isaiah Thomas to the Lakers, him, Channing Frye, and 2018 first-round pick for Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance. They traded uh, Derek Rose and Jay Crowder to the Jazz and received Rodney Hood and George Hill. Uh, in a three-team trade that also saw Shumpert go to the Kings, D. Wade was traded back to the Heat. Um, so they blew up that weird experiment they had going on, bringing in a bunch of aging veterans. And we we had talked about Isaiah Thomas in the past and past episode, I think, and how he was kind of being a head case in the locker room a little bit, and he wasn't playing well, so they sent him away. Um, so I, I actually think that the Cavs got a lot better. Um, in the sense that they're younger and they're more athletic and they're bringing in players that are more privy to playing a role rather than needing to be a superstar and have the ball. So I feel like that's going to help and they kind of get to reset their chemistry because that team was really going down a bad path and uh, definitely we're looking like they were going to not make it to the East East Finals even this year, you know. So what are your guys' thoughts on the uh, trade deadline, all the trades we saw? I thought it was amazing just, first of all, being able to follow Twitter um, the entire day yesterday. And it seemed like every five minutes, uh, Woj was tweeting something out that everybody around me, like all my buddies at work and everything, were just like, holy shit, did you see what happened? And it was just an exciting day. Um, the trades and everything, I, I agree with you, Pat. I think the Cavs did get a lot better. Um, that's an interesting point that you made about all those guys that they acquired were 
really role players in their last role. You think about George Hill and Rodney Hood had to play along. Um, what's his face? Jesus Christ, that just got traded to Boston. Wow. Uh, Gordon Hayward. Wow. Yeah. Gordon Hayward, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that's really what they needed. They needed guys that... I, I think it also helps that you got guys that haven't really been used to winning, and now they're going to come onto that team with that drive to get to the places that LeBron wants to take them, which is ultimately probably Eastern Conference Finals championship, um, and then with a toss-up um, with whoever they go up against in the West. But the whole thing was awesome. Um, I saw that uh, Derrick Rose got waived yesterday. Um, and I also saw Joe Johnson is in the process of getting waived and he's going to the Rockets. So I thought that was an interesting move. And they're talking about saying Rose the, getting signed by the, the Wizards and the Timberwolves yeah. are both yeah. interested. They're saying, I so think, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts right now, even because uh, that too, a lot of times I feel like you're seeing a lot of these guys that got traded getting waived right away too, like these older veteran players and stuff like that. And it's just. It's crazy when all you get all these moving parts halfway through the season when everything's like shaping up for the playoff run. I think that the the Cavs got better, especially um, uh, defensively, because now they're going to be able to switch, um, you know, on on defense with guys a lot easier and have a lot more youth and a lot more length as opposed to having a way undersized Isaiah Thomas and an aging slow Dwayne Wade out there when and when when a, a switch would occur. Defensively, they just they couldn't keep up, and now you have these young, athletic, taller, uh, lankier guys who are going to be able to switch with them, and I think that's going to improve them immensely on the defensive end, which is what they need. And LeBron just going to be able to carry them offensively. Um, I'm I'm also kind of kind of sad for for D Rose. I know we've we've talked about him a lot on here. We've poked fun at him. We've made fun at we've made fun of him, but. Man, those years ago when in his third year when he won MVP and we were like, holy shit, we are going to be great for the next 10 years. And then his career seemingly just went down the drain. And now, you know, he goes to Cleveland, tries to tries to turn his basketball career around, takes a veteran minimum to try and win a championship. And now he currently doesn't have a team. And I think this is probably his last try, I would assume, at being in the NBA because I don't I just. He just doesn't have it anymore, which is very, um, I don't want to say bittersweet because it's not the right word, but it just it's sad because we loved him. We were like, holy shit, we got the youngest MVP in NBA history. He's going to be great. And now you look, you know, five, six, seven years later, and the guy doesn't have a team, and he's going to have to play in Minnesota or the Wizards and eventually just be a backup. And then who knows, you know, what his NBA career holds after that. But, yeah, the trade deadline was pretty exciting. He needs to cut his hair. He looks like a dumbass. Yeah. Yep. Um, that part of the reinvention wasn't great for him. <laughs> but to say the least. But uh yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. Well, that's all I got there. Let's see how these trades will affect things moving forward. I just think the main thing for the Cavs is they get to reset the chemistry. Like yeah, a guy like Jordan Clarkson is someone who has the offensive ability to like have scoring outbursts like Isaiah Thomas did, but he's bigger and he can play some defense. So right. Agreed. we'll see. All right, what do we got next, boys? All right, 
Um, I wanted to touch a little bit on the MLB free agency right now because, unfortunately, um, we are getting into baseball season. Pitchers and catchers are reporting. But Did you say um, unfortunately? Well, I mean, I don't like to think that it's already baseball season. Like, there's a full NBA season left. There's full NHL. I'm just not ready to get into baseball season yet. I would thought you and Pat, of all people, would be elated because you get to see what your sacks are going to be like. Uh, I mean, I agree, but it's just I haven't switched over to that mindset yet. Okay. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about you. Uh, Darvish ended up signing with the Cubs yesterday, um, a scary move for the NL Central. Um, he ended up signing a six-year, $126 million contract. Um, this was reported a while ago, and then he kind of nixed uh, the fact that he was not going to come to the Cubs, and then that ended up coming to fruition. Um, but this was more supposed to be about the MLB free agency as a whole. There have been multiple reports coming out that the players are starting to get pissed off because owners are not willing to fork over big contracts right now. And I think it's such a weird situation where finally... I mean, in baseball, money is thrown around just ridiculously. Right. And I think it's so interesting now that the MLB owners who have notoriously thrown money at anyone are now putting their foot down and being like, you know what? We don't want to play pay a mediocre player for six years and maybe get two good years out of him and then ended up paying him for another four. Like, I think that's so weird. And now the players are getting pissed because they don't think they're getting the contracts that they deserve. Which is ridiculous, because when you line up baseball with some of the other money, oh god, compared it's, to the it's, other sports, you can't it's even absurd. compare. It. Yeah. yeah, I um, um, I completely agree with you. I think that I mean, basically the the Chicago Cubs are are in a place right now where they are they are figuratively printing money and able to just give whatever they want. And they got Darvish for six years, one hundred twenty six million. I think his average is like twenty million a year, which is nothing. I mean, yeah. that he he could suck after 2 years and the Cubs could still sign Bryce Harper next year and whoever they want and not have even be a thing. So, you're right. Um I do also think that that the owners are getting one for one smart and they're they're gearing up for next year. So, don't want to just like you said Andy dish out all this ridiculous amounts of money for guys who are only going to be good for, you know, 2 or 3 years. Um, and I also think that's kind of on the players in their next collective bargaining agreement that you shouldn't want to be getting paid when you're 27, 28, 29, 30 years old, nor should the owners want to start giving you that much money then because some guys still have a good couple years left, some don't. So I think that has to be fixed initially. Um, but yeah, it has been a very strange uh, hot stove season. has not been hot at all. Maybe we'll start seeing some dominoes fall after the Darvish signing. But other than that, it's been extremely quiet, um, so quiet that I read that agents were going to start holding their own spring training for free agents who yeah, haven't I, signed I yet because too. pitchers and catchers report either already report or report soon, and then uh, position players aren't far behind. So it'll be interesting to see yeah, what I happens don't, moving forward. I don't remember it ever being this slow, to be honest. No, me neither. I mean, that was like the first big pitcher signing, and, and like you said, we're like two weeks away from – 
right. maybe even less from pitchers and catchers reporting. So most, most deals get done, I think, right around or right before Christmas time, and we're almost two months removed. Yeah, when Christmas. they have the the winter meetings, they right. always make the big deal about the winter meetings, and there was like nothing this year. Right. So I know it's crazy because it's you know we bring it up, but there's really not a lot to talk about. That was the first signing, and it's like. This is so weird. Why Why are there still all these free agents out there? And then even so, there was a lot of trade talk with Manny Machado early on and, now and all that dead. stuff kind of just disappeared and no one wants to do anything. Everyone's just standing pat. I mean, it's so slow that yesterday uh, Bruce Levine tweeted, he's like, breaking news, Cubs will sign someone sometime this week. And he was being serious, but that's, that's how slow the hot stove season has yeah. been. It just happened to work out that Darvish signed yesterday. But these poor writers are, are searching for, for something, and there's just there's nothing to be had. It's just not there. Yeah. What do you What do you think that does for their rotation? Do you think they um, are done signing arms? Obviously, I think that means Arietta's gone. Yes, agreed. Um, but I mean, do you think he's an upgrade over Arietta? Would you have rather have seen them sign Arietta than Darvish? Um, I, I, that's a good question. When, when the season ended, I guess I just assumed that Arietta was gone and I was a, a big proponent for Darvish. I know he had two horrible games in the world series, but I think he had played number one against the Astros so many times being on the Texas Rangers and two, he was tipping his pitches and they, they found that out and they exploited it. And I think that was great for them. I think that problem, well, I've say hope that problem gets corrected with the Cubs. And I think minus those two games he had, the Cubs saw firsthand how dominant Darvish was in the NLCS. Uh, I think, I think we essentially switched out Jake Arrieta and John Lackey for, um, you Darvish and Tyler Chatwood. So I'm pretty happy with our, our starting pitching rotation right now, especially because you got a guy like Q in there who could be a two on a lot of teams, a one on some teams. And he, the guy, that guy's making, what, like $10 million a year, $12 million a year. I mean, we have we have the best rotation in the NL Central, I think. And with a lot of our guys having down years by their standards last year, even if they, you know, come up a little bit, I think I think we, we win the division by, you know, five to ten games personally. Yeah, whatever. Hey, <laughs> your White Sox are on the up and coming, and I am as excited, not as excited, but I am excited to watch the White Sox this season also because yeah. I think it's okay. going to be very, very We don't intriguing. need your – we don't need your pity, bro. All right, it's not pity. Move on to your I'm not, move I'm on not to your topic you that we don't even know what it is because you didn't put it in the spreadsheet. Okay, so I wanna <laughs> I need to talk to to you two specifically about what's going on with the Bulls because Danny, Matt, and I have been in this conversation for the last forty eight hours, and Matt is just having a hard time understanding what the Bulls are trying to do, and he thinks that. They're not even gonna gonna get a top ten pick in the draft this year because they're they're too good and they're too young and too strong. They're too the good team. at nineteen and thirty six. And what I keep telling him is that Cameron Payne and Cristiano Felicio and Paul Zipser are going to be getting a lot more playing time, to which he counters, Well, the NBA won't allow that because then they'll know that they're tanking. And what I tried to explain to him was the NBA is unionized. And if the NBA comes out and says, you're playing all your shitty players, you can't do that, then the NBA PA will have a field day with them. And I said, 
Dunn and Markkanen and Levine are still going to get their minutes, obviously, but they're going to start playing the shittier guys because they want a good draft pick. And Markkanen and Dunn and Levine know this, and they want to lose. So when those three are still here in the next few years, other good guys will come also. And he's just not getting it. Yeah, I mean, they're literally two and a half games back from the worst from record the worst in the record NBA in right NBA. now. Correct. So it's not like, as it stands right now, they are right. I mean, there's a lot of shitty teams in the NBA. Holy, I didn't yes, even notice there this. Are. There yeah. are a lot of shit teams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams have 19 wins or less right now. Yes. The Bulls being one of them. So the Bulls can't really help the fact that the year that they're resetting, there's also seven other teams that are sucking and resetting. Right. So they, I mean, when you look at that though, that is going to be one of the all-time crazy lotteries if it remains this tight at the bottom. There's usually a clear-cut winner at number one. Now you're going to have all these teams. But are our shitty players worse than their shitty players? Dude, I don't know, dude. Campaign dropped 29 for the Windy City Bulls the other day. Once he gets back in, we are just going to free fall. It's going to be great. I hate that guy. Everything about him. He's just so (laughs) awkward looking and goofy and... The so, only reason anyone knows who he is because he used to dance with Russell Westbrook on the sidelines. Right, OKC. that's so accurate. Um, so last night I actually went to the Bulls game. Oh, nice. And it was the second half of a back-to-back, and they benched Levine. So I know that that's probably due to his knee rehab, but right. I think that helps as well if you – I mean, I don't know how many more back-to-backs they have, but if they do give him a little bit of rest down the stretch, I think that'll help in the tanking. Um, And last night, um, watching that game, Bobby Portis was the best player on the court, and uh, Hoiberg refused to put him on the floor for more than like three or four-minute stretches. He was putting Markinen out there. He had Zipser out there for him a lot. Um I don't know. It's. I think that they're committed to the tank. I think um, so too. I like just the way that they were managing that game last night. They made they were down big in the first quarter, and then they started to make a run. I think they cut it to like six or seven, um, and then right when they hit, like got within six, uh, Hoiberg put in basically all our white guys, and nice. It just it. It didn't seem like a move where he was going out and trying to win that game last night. So I think he's got the the message from the upper the upper guys that they want to definitely compete, but not not win. Um, go out there and win. So well, I think you look at the Chris Dunn situation too. I don't want to downplay the injury because that was a pretty scary injury. He fell from ten feet right on his face. But they're but holding him out as he's long been, as they can. He's been in the concussion protocol for like three weeks. You see guys I he, get I think he just murdered. Cleared. Yeah, okay. He cleared the other day, but he's still not playing yet. Yeah. And you see guys get their heads knocked off in the NFL and play. Like, Devontae Adams played the week after Danny Trevathan basically took his head off. So, it's just stuff like that. You get the sense that they are going for the tank, but at the same time, you know that they appreciate a big win over the Timberwolves the other night when Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson, Tibbs are all back in the building. Stuff like that. And it's all about the growth of these young players because the, the Bulls management looks at this as 
the pieces that they got for the Jimmy Butler trade are the ones that they're building around. And as long as Markinen, Levine, and Dunn are progressing like they have been so far this year, you feel like you got three really good young pieces in place at important positions to build around for the future. So Agreed. I'm excited, and I hope that they lose as much as possible while also remaining exciting throughout the rest of the year. So it was kind of wild. Um, I hadn't been to a Bulls game in years, but watching the Bulls this year, I always looked at Markin and I was like, if that guy puts on like 15 pounds of muscle, he's going to be really good. Yep. That guy is cut. Yeah. He's, he's big. Jacked. Agreed. Yeah. He just looks lanky as fuck out there. And he does not need to put on much more muscle mass because he's a big dude. And I couldn't, I've never been able to tell that before, before I went and saw him in person. He plays crazy. pretty aggressively too. Like, uh, yeah, he looks It sucks awesome that what's there. his name tore his ACL, Porzingis, because those matchups between those two, like you could tell yep. that Markkanen played up for that game because he knows the comparisons are out there yep. and he, Absolutely. he wasn't back and he doesn't back down from anyone. And I, and I didn't know that about him. Yeah, uh, yeah, watching Porzingis and uh, and uh, Markinen go one on one. I think I texted you guys a couple weeks ago. Became like must watch TV for me because that was just gr- that was great to watch. And it sucks for the Knicks and the NBA that Porzingis is out. But thoughts and prayers, TMPs. Um, all right, I just wanted to touch real quick before we move on to segments. They uh, The other day, Sony released the first teaser trailer for the new Venom movie that's going to be coming out this summer, I believe. Yeah, uh, uh, no, starring, next October. Next October, okay. Starring Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock slash Venom. Um, the CGI wasn't done, I don't think, yet, so it was right. just just like your literal teaser trailer and intro kind of you get building up the plot. You know, it's got Tom Hardy like waking up on a hospital bed and freaking out. They do show the symbiote a little bit. That is venom. But, uh, I don't know. Even just the quick, what, what it was like a minute, 30 second teaser trailer that they showed just got me so pumped for this movie. There's been all the rumors out there that Tom Holland was seen on set. Uh, of late and that he his spider-man may be making some appearance in could be bigger than anyone expects but i don't know did you, I, I know i sent it to jimmy andy did, did you see it i was yeah, super I, excited i just feel I like tom hardy on, is awesome i was on twitter when it got released and i watched it super early i think it was thursday morning um i am so i'm super pumped for this movie i'm a big tom hardy fan um, the whole idea of this movie, I think, is awesome. I was pissed about that trailer, though. Because you didn't see Venom? I I think you have to do something. Like, just have one That's why it was small... the teaser, dude. They had the Petri dish no. with the symbiote in there. You knew it was there. Yeah, you knew it was there. But, God, with all the hype leading up to this movie and everything like that, you would have thought that they would have had... Like a one-second jump-out clip of Venom jumping at the screen or something like that. It You could have... That movie could have been any action movie. And, like, the plot could have been anything other than Venom and would have been like, Oh, yeah, it looks like a summer action flick with, with Tom Hardy coming out. You have no idea that that has anything to do with Venom unless you know what you're getting into. I mean, I totally see where you're coming from, but... But I think because of that, it it makes me want and anticipate the the real trailer even more now, and I'm just gonna see, lose my yeah, shit I, when I see that. 
I get that, but I I feel like a teaser should be the one to kind of build you up and be like, holy shit, I want more Venom. I need to see as much of it as possible. And all this was was somebody talking over the entire action clips and Tom Hardy laying on a table freaking out. Which yeah, I think awesome. Sony's playing this super tight to the chest because of their past failures with the Spider-Man series, or I guess critical failures. I don't necessarily think all their movies were bad, but I feel like they don't want to screw anything up right now. So they're just, it's a, it's just quite literally, this is like the most teaser teaser trailer ever. Cause like you said, you really didn't see anything. Speaking of trailers, the, I know you guys saw the, the new Deadpool trailer and that was just yeah. fucking awesome. Hilarious. Reach for the sky. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the thing. I feel like when the first actual trailer for Venom drops, then we're all going to be like, Holy shit, shit, this, this is movie's going to be awesome. Agreed. So I'm waiting for that I, I moment. I hope but so. Trust me. See, I was just I was just excited because there literally has been nothing on this movie. No pictures, no anything that has come out. So to get something, it's like, all right, the movie's still being made. Because these superhero movies, you can't trust anything nowadays. But, all right, that's all I got on that. So let's move on. <laughs> All right, the Blackhawks are dead. One hundred percent, just murdered. Yeah, this dead. season is over. Yeah, and it's... any sign of life that you saw over the last few games where they needed to start going on a win streak, you know, the effort was there, and then they lose four to three in overtime to Calgary. The next game they play Calgary and they lose, I believe, in overtime again. Um, And this is not the time where you're like, oh, well, they got a point out of it. They they can't be salvaging just one point losses anymore. Um, I don't know what to make of this season. Um, I don't know if they just need to kind of shake things up. Um, I was I was all in on the boat of keeping Quinville. and I know he's an amazing coach, one of the best ever. Um, but I think, I think something needs to change. And I don't necessarily think that it's the core, um, that needs to change. I think it's, it's hard to imagine that these guys are just like over the hill. Like obviously Kane's still there, but Taves has had a down year. Brandon Saad, who's like what the 24. hell happened to him? Has just had an awful year. Awful I don't know if year. he's just getting reacclimated to Chicago or what. Um, but you can't imagine that he's just done because um, the talent was obviously there. And to be honest, the young guys that they have on this team are really, really good. Right. Um, so I think you just got to chalk up this season. And it it sucks saying it because, you know, the – the last two years with the first round exits in the playoffs, everybody was like, oh, well, maybe they just need some rest, blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't want to call this a fluke. I believe they are just playing poorly. And you obviously have the injury to Corey Crawford. 
which doesn't help. He's one of the best goalies in the league. He was our MVP this year. Yeah, 100%. And hopefully he comes back healthy. Um, Hopefully he gets some playing time towards the end of this year. But I I think it's too little too late. Oh, for sure. Um, But I I think this team is is still on the – on the cusp of winning, I just think they need a shakeup. Um, and if that comes at the cost of Quinville, then I I don't really see a problem with that. I know um, a lot of the players still love him, the older guys, but I think sometimes you just need that shakeup in the locker room, and I think that's going to end up being the move um, because I think this team is too talented to be losing the games that they are. So I think something's going to be done. Yeah, yeah, and I think ahead, that the way that that it's happened down the stretch like this too is kind of a good indicator of that because, like you said, Andy, post All Star break, they you know you knew what they had to happen. They needed to come out and start winning games, and they had it in front of them. They had two games against Calgary. They had a game against Dallas. They had a game against Minnesota. All teams that are ahead of them in the standings. And if you can stack some wins on top of each other, all of a sudden you can jump up a little bit. And and for them to lose to those teams, it just shows that those teams are better than them this year. And then that's why they're ahead of them in the standings. And as a team that had made the playoffs for nine straight years, they've won three Stanley Cups in that time. It's just hard. It's hard to accept as a fan of that team that these teams are just better than you this year. But that is just the case. You mentioned Brandon Saad. I've been thinking a lot lately. You know, maybe maybe we overvalued him. Maybe Panarin was better than Saad, and we had something there that, you know, I know what I know what they were thinking when they brought him in, trying to rejuvenate Taves. Um, but when you look at it, you got to kind of maybe maybe they overvalued that is what I'm thinking. You got to look at the players head to head and not how they affect someone else, how they perform on the ice. Not to say that Saad's a bad player; he just hasn't had a good year. And when you gave up someone like Panarin, who um, you know, for a team that has struggled to score, it seems like this year more so than other seasons. That was a guy who was able to, able to make things happen. So, I think he's a, you're just, he's a fourth he, liner now, though. Is he really? I think so. Yeah, they moved him down to the third a couple games ago, and then he was playing on the fourth. They're just trying. Honestly, I don't. I don't necessarily think that he's like a perennial fourth fourth liner anymore. I just think they're trying to change up lines to get any sort of spark working. Kind of like what the Hawks do, you know. They just exactly. It's just the. It's just you're left and asking so many questions, and the season's not even over. But you just know where it's heading, and it's just it's disappointing because they've been so good for so long and so consistent, and you're seeing it um, on so many levels. Guys underperforming on all areas of the team. So sucks. Yeah, you know, we kept talking throughout the last couple months about, and I would kept saying, no, you know, I'm not panicked. I'm not panicked. I'm not panicked. And it's actually kind of nice because I went from not panicked to just, oh, they're dead. There was no in-between for me. Like, okay, I'm panicking now. It was like, no, I still believe in them. And then they're dead. So again, it, it sucks. Um, Andy, and I, I agree with both of you guys. I think we have a, a lot of talent on here. We're having a shitty year. I mean, we were the number one team in, in the West last year. And I think, Part of the reason we didn't win the first round was because we were a little slow on our skates, but because we had a lot of young guys who didn't know what it took yet. And now we're having a really shitty down year, and I I do think we rebound. I hope it's not at the cost of Q, but, I mean, kind of, let's say this is their last run. You'd say, you know, yeah, we had, we had a great run the last 10 years, three cups in 10 years. Anyone would take that. Well, you have to apply that same 
that same thought process to Q. Like, yeah, he was great, but if we need a shakeup, you're not moving Taser Kane. You're not moving Seabrook's contract. Maybe you have to change the coach. Would it suck? Yes. I don't think I'd be happy about it at first, but if it got us back in the playoffs and contending next year, you have to be okay with it. Yeah, and it's it's nothing against Quinville either. Like, these things just happen. Like, the Red Wings got rid of Mike Babcock, who is arguably right. the best coach of our generation, and now he's up in Toronto with a young team. Like, Quinville will be out of a job for maybe five hours, and the Blackhawks will find somebody that they feel fits with their team, and I think I think that's all it needs. Um, I, I don't know, I... There's a bunch of different ways to say it, but I just I don't think this is a team that's just completely dead for the next five years until they get a bunch of high draft picks. The LA Kings were a team that were in the same position as us. We were going back and forth where we we're in the Western Conference Finals with the LA Kings every single year. Right. And two years ago they missed the playoffs. And it just happens, especially with the and salary then, cap and then, era. And then they fired Sutter. Yeah. Like that year, and right? Now, yeah, and now they're playing they're playing well again. And they still have their core of Kopitar and Quick and everything like that. So it's just it's so hard and the Blackhawks exceeded so many expectations in a salary cap era that it's it's hard for us to be like, "Oh, you know, like this happens. This happens to normal teams where they just have a down year and this just happens to be one of them and I think some changes need to be made and I think they'll be fine." In in the next few years. Everything's fine. It's all fine. Everything's fine. Don't need to lose our composure. Yeah, well, the Hawks are the one team that I root for that make the playoffs, so yeah. the fact. All right. We're going to move on to a new segment we're debuting new this segment week. today. I'm excited about this one. It's called Urban Spelling Bee. And uh, basically what we do is we each go through and find some words off of Urban Dictionary for our fellow co-hosts to spell. And we're going to treat this very seriously like a normal spelling bee. Now, Andy, did you understand the rules? Jimmy only found three words total. I found two. Okay. So I got extra words that we'll throw in. You guys are going to spell more. but deal. All right. So who wants to be the first one? I'll go first. Volunteer. Go Go ahead, Jim. All right, Jim. Your word okay. is Eigelschnauschen. Wow. Can you use that in a sentence, please? Uh, okay, this this is the sentence that they have on there. It's not in English. <laughs> oh. Oh, hey, hast du die meet den Eigelschnauschen, Jishin? Okay, can you give me the definition, please? Really small breasts, but with perky nipples. Oh, why did you German, say that? German translates to hedgehog snouts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, can you repeat it one more time? Eigel schnauschen. Eigel schnauschen. <laughs> I'm going to go with E. No. <laughs> Damn. Well... Good start. So, Give me one more shot because this is a tough one. Okay, is it A? No. Okay. What? I. I. <laughs> I. I go <laughs> No, I know, but 
It could have been A. I was going to go with E-I or A-I. Oh, man. Do you want me to spell it or you want to yes, give it no, one more no, go? No, I want you to spell okay. it. Okay. Go ahead. It's I-G-E-L-S-C-H-N-A with an umlaut over it. U-Z-C-H-E-N. Nope. Eigelschnauschen. Good word, though. Thanks. <laughs> Andy, you want you want one? Uh, yeah, go for it. All right, your word is yajublitate. Jesus Christ. Um, definition, please. Definition. To wash one's hands with a significant other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, say it again. Yajublitate. Yajublitate. All right, I'm going to go Y. No? Nope. All right, U. J. U. B. L. I. T A T E. Close. But no cigar. Uh-oh. It was U-J-U-B-U-L-I-T-A-T-E. I think you pronounced it wrong then. Yajubulitate? <laughs> Maybe I did. Yajubulitate? Yeah, you're right. I'll give <laughs> yeah, that one to you. Yajubulitate. All right. Well, that one counts then because you did spell what I said correctly. All right. Perfect. All right. Someone else can go. I'll save my other words for... I'll go. Okay. Um, Pat, we'll have you spell this one. All right. Not a super difficult one, but I thought the definition was pretty funny. Um, Incremlinate. Incremlinate. I-N-C-R-E. No. Incremlinate. Is it E-N? Nope. Was I right with the I? You were. What's the definition? To incriminate by showing a malicious or otherwise suspicious connection to the Russian Federation. (laughs) Yeah. Incriminate. So is it I-N-K-R-L-E-M-I-N-A-T-E? Close. You forgot the M. I-N-K-R-E-M-L-I- N-A-T-E. Ah, incremlinate. All right, that was a good one. (laughs) Jim? Yes? What's your word? I'm waiting for you to ask me. Oh. Um, Go ahead and do yours. Okay. I want to find a better one. All right, Pat, I'll go to you first, and I'll go to Andy. Your word is bluterous. <laughs> Bluterous. Bluterous. Is it just like B L U T E R U S? Bluterous. So like uterus close. with blue in front of it. Yes, actually. Or is it this B L U E? Yes. This T-E-R-U-S, is blue balls Bluterous. for women. <laughs> blue balls for women. <laughs> uh. Using a sentence, it was like. I was working uh, hard man. for the D. He came early. 
and gave me bluterus. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right. All right, Andy, are you ready? I'm ready. Your word is banana fishery. Banana fishery. <laughs> banana fishery. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Person you give your bananas to when they become too ripe for you. <laughs> hey, Andy, this banana is too brown. You are now my banana fishery. <laughs> All right. Um, B A N A N A F F I C I A R Y. Too many Fs. Ah. There's ah. only one. But other than that, you nailed it. That was a good one. Man, these words are a lot harder to spell than they seem. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? All right. Um, Jim. Yes. Your data mean. <laughs> Can I have a definition, please? Bay Area slang for saying, do you know what I mean? Can you say it one more time? Your data mean. Your data mean. So is it Y-A-D-A-T-A-M-E-A-N? Close. D-A-D-A? Damn. <laughs> that was a good oh, one. man. Your data mean. All right, I'm I about gotta... to put this in my life. Spark this bluesy and take it from here. Your data mean? <laughs> 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 All right, I got another one. Who, who wants another crack at it? Although this one's hard. To, I don't know if I'm... I feel like there could be two different pronunciations for this word. All right, I'll take it. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to go with... This is what I thought it was off just first glance. Zactlies. Zactlies? Zactlies. Can you use it it's in a... X. Can you give me a, a definition, please? When your breath smells exactly like your butt. Oh, maybe not. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Zact Lees. Yeah. I'm going to go X-A-C-T uh, L-E-E-Z. Oh, so close, dude. You had the first part right. And used in a sentence, it says, you have the Zact Lees this morning and you need to brush your teeth. <laughs> Uh, it was, uh, it's X, you were right with the X-A-C-T-L-I-E-S, Zactlies. Oh, that's hysterical. Oh, right, well, that was pretty fun. Yeah, that was good. That I was good. That. All right, so we'll bring that more in the future. But now we're going to move on to our final segment. Fuck yeah! The pick is in. Shakira Kwan, TGIF, Carter. All right, so mock draft. You guys know the drill. We pick a topic. We we draft it up. Snake draft. Um, who wants to go first? We're doing Winter Olympic events in the spirit of the PyeongChang 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea. Pat, you go first. All right. This is a no-brainer. Winter Olympics, number one event, curling. God damn it. Damn you. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite Winter Olympics event by far. So great. Shit's electric. You see that guy with the red hat and the mustache? Andy Reid? Yeah, that guy's amazing. 
He looks. He looks exactly like, like he. Him. He looks like he's a like early nineties mid reliever for a baseball team. Rod Rod Beck reincarnated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That guy's awesome. I am totally gonna butcher this, but yesterday someone tweeted um, they're watching curling, and uh, one of the announcers was like, "He's got a deep rocket in his deep pocket there." <laughs> Dude, okay, so. Before we move on, the best part of the Winter Olympics is hands down the announcers because they're all so into these sports. I was oh, watching yeah. slope, slope style snowboarding yesterday. It was just a bunch of bros announcing. They're like, ah, dude, you see that backside <laughs> telly with the flip, dude? It's fucking my name. Dude, it was awesome. Oh, man. Oh, that's great. All right. Um, I'm going to go with. Um, bobsledding. Nice. Sam McGuffey, cool right, Pat? Former yep. Michigan running back is on the bobsled uh, team. That was such a good fact. Right? I couldn't believe that when I saw that. Don't we have a – isn't one of the girls from Chicago or one of the women from Chicago on the bobsled team? What's her name? I think uh, so. Aja – what the hell's her name? Evans? Davis? Something like that? Yeah, I think you're right. I heard about that. Um, okay, coming back, um, unfortunately, this year, um, it is not going to be my number one uh, event, but in the past, hockey has been so yeah, yeah, electric yeah. in the Olympics, and unfortunately, this year, with no NHLers, um, it's going to take a little bit of a backseat. It'll still be fun watching uh, the USA, because these are guys that are up-and-comers. You're going to hear their names in a few years. Then you also get to see some older guys that have left the NHL and are now playing over in Europe or Russia. So it'll still be fun. The tournament's always awesome to watch. It's it's great hockey, and uh, you get to root for your country. Um, I I think hockey's amazing. It would have been so cool to see this year with like Kane and Saad and uh, Eichel and all the awesome Matthews. I don't know. Right. I think they would have had a really good shot this year, but unfortunately, they're not bringing NHLers to, to the Olympics. So, hockey, my pick. Um, coming back, I am going to go with snowboarding halfpipe. Oh. Um, only for the reason that I think Sean White is absolutely electric. Boogie, um, oogie, oogie, oogie. Back when he had his long hair. Um, and that guy was rocking out every X games. He was winning. He won a bunch of medals in the Olympics. Um, I think that's one of the more exciting sports to see the stuff that those guys can do on a snowboard, especially in the half pipe. Those guys get so high. So I'm going to go with snowboarding half pipe. I'm going to go with the luge. Luge. Jimmy's got a very particular style here. Yeah. Bobsled and luge. Skeleton next. Thank you for ruining my fucking pick. That was all right. So I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with another snowboarding event that I watched yesterday, where 17 year old Red Gerard from USA, great great snowboarding name, brought home the first gold for US in the Olympics, and it was snowboard slope style, which is pretty cool. Actually, they hit a little um, like rail section. And then they get three big jumps to do a bunch of spins and flips. 
This kid's nice. like five five, a hundred and twenty pounds or something. They said, and this kid was just <laughs> flying through the air. And the announcers were getting so amped, bro. Fucking pithead, <laughs> Brex Steve. But yeah, snowboard <laughs> slope style. Uh, number six. It was fun to watch. Entertaining. I, I kind of want to hear those announcers, dude. It just watch any For snowboarding Brody event. Stone. He's like Dylan Axelrod. <laughs> those are probably their. Isn't Dylan Axelrod a baseball player or something? Yeah, that sounds like that. Probably their names, though, in all seriousness. But all right, my next pick, uh, I'm gonna do ski jumping. Those guys oh. hit those ramps, and their bodies go jump. like completely vertical to the ground, and their skis are just—they look like they're flying through the air. It's awesome. That jump is terrifying. Right? Whenever they show the camera from up there, it's insane. Could you imagine just like losing a ski going down that thing? You are dead. Yeah, you're dead. You're so dead. Dead. Which brings up the question. I, I was watching the slope style yesterday. This dude comes down on a ramp and whacks his head so hard. And I'm like, all right, dude, that guy's got a concussion for sure. Then he comes out, shreds some gnar, hits a silver medal run. And I'm like, that guy didn't go through concussion protocol. He's No concussion he probably, protocol in the Olympics. I mean, yeah, I guess not. So that's playing for your country. They don't care if your head's hurt, all right? You got to suck it up and have pride. All right, I'm going to go with figure skating. Queer. Good one. It's a great one. <laughs> no, it's pronounced Johnny Weir. <laughs> that dude is – I don't even want to talk about that guy. I feel like figure skating is it probably is, the number it's one It's super entertaining event. to watch. Yeah. Well, and it's probably the most watched in the Winter Olympics. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay, I am going to go with – Speed skating, uh, short cool. track relays. Ooh. Oh, very specific. I was watching that yesterday, and that shit literally looked like roller derby. There were so many people out on the ice, and then when they when they tag in the next person, they give them a push, Ooh. like a head start. It's awesome. It was so entertaining. There's so many people out there. I I was saying to. Um, they should just throw on elbow pads and be able to tackle each other. I think that would be that would amazing. Be awesome. Dude. Yeah. Now you're talking. Um, okay. Coming back. I'm gonna go with um the biathlon. You get some guns in there, some cross country skiing. Just, I I don't really know where that sport originated. I don't know why you'd be cross-country skiing and then shooting at targets, but I think it's pretty sweet. Have you ever seen True Lies when Arnold's being chased from the castle and they're (laughs) skiing and trying to kill him? That's the whole point of it. That's where it came from? Yes. (laughs) Somebody was like, we need to get this sport into a real-life situation. Let's throw it in True Lies. You want to be a part of the Kremlin? Go join the Olympics and do this. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to go with... Uh, let's see. The skeleton. Yeah, of course. I don't even know what that is, but my list is running low, so. I'm, I'm pretty sure the there's, like, only 15 events, so, like, we're yeah, all going to have. <laughs> we're going to have We're going to cover them all. Uh, so uh, My next one is the 4,000-meter speed track. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do the, uh, I'm going to go with cross-country skiing, because that's just the regular man's sport that anyone could do. Throw on some snowshoes yep. and just start walking. 
It's not like, very it's, entertaining it's like speed to watch. Walking but, in, yeah. the, in the Summer Olympics, right? Hey, people have shit their pants speed walking before, so it could happen hey, cross country that, skiing no too. I shit my pants without speed walking. I can't imagine what it's like to speed walk. See, <laughs> happened. All right, I'm gonna do my last one. Uh, what is it? Um, alpine skiing, where they come down yep. and they go through all the. They go back and forth. That shit's crazy. Alpine skiing. Have we done biathlon yet? Yeah. I just did biathlon. Andy did. Literally just talked about true lies. (laughs) Oh, right. Right, right, right. Sorry. I was confusing that for something else. Uh, Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go with the Nordic Combined. Combined. What the fuck is that? (laughs) I don't know, but I see it on my list too. Combined. Not the Nordic Combined. Oh, it's what it's a combination of cross country skiing list. and ski jumping. Oh, perfect. Huh. All right. Uh, final pick. I am going to go with freestyle skiing. Um, very similar to Pat. You said they've got the rails and everything like that. This is just going down a bunch of jumps, and they pull off the coolest tricks that they can do, and they get scored for that. So. Freestyle skiing. Word. All right, solid mock draft. If you aren't already, make sure to check out the Olympics and root on your country, America. Especially, uh, you know, the cold weather right now. It helps us knowing that these people are out there trying to bring home gold medals in our honor. And it's winter and it's the Olympics. So you just watch it because that's what you do when they come on every four years. America. America. All right. So that's it. That's all I've got for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. As always, help us out. Follow us on Twitter at Bros Let's Talk. Search us on Facebook. Like and share our page. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Podcasts or visit our podcast page directly at broslettstalk.podbean.com. For Jimmy and Andy, this is Pat. Later, dudes. Peace. Peace. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone can have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. I just like the same thing.